Hey friends, welcome back to Raising Young Achievers. I'm Sharia Woods, your host. And today I want to talk a little bit about what you believe about your child and their potential for success. I want you to know that I believe with all of my heart that your child can be successful in school, but it only matters if you believe this too. Maybe you're a working parent, a single parent, or a low-income parent. Maybe you're none of these things. Maybe you're all three. Your circumstances can make things more difficult, but any way you slice it is hard. Getting to know your teacher each year, helping them to see your child's potential, the frustration of knowing that you shouldn't have to do this, the struggle of supplementing your child's education, the dreaded extra homework and dealing with their feedback on that. All of these things are hard. Carving out time from our already busy schedules, figuring out how to use websites and tools and magically find money for tutoring programs or summer camps or figuring out how to access free programs. These are all hard, frustrating, and time-consuming things. And if you don't really believe your child has the potential to thrive in school, then it's going to be hard, if not impossible, to be consistent with the things you need to do to help your child maximize their potential. When I started this journey of figuring out how to help parents, I had calls with a lot of parents to learn about what they were doing to support their children and what their children's gaps were. And I met with one mother, she was an Asian woman, and she told me that her child was struggling with math and she didn't like it, but she said, my daughter will be good at math because she's Asian. Yes, she said that out loud. And I didn't, you know, say anything or cast any judgment on that. I just let her keep talking. And she went on to tell me about the enrichment programs and the activities that she had her daughter doing to improve her math skills. By the end of the conversation, I was convinced that her daughter would ultimately be good at math. But I don't think it had anything to do with her ethnicity, except maybe the confidence that it gave her mom and her innate, although maybe hidden ability. It was like her mom believed that she just didn't understand what she was capable of yet. And it made me think, what if we all thought about our kids that way? What if we all had these unreasonable expectations for them? Not in a way that we're beating them down or... You know, they come home from school and they have to sit at the table until they go to sleep and work on math. Not like that, but in a way that we're open to the possibility of them being able to go further than where they are right now, where we're able to look at them and say, yes, they're struggling, but we're going to figure this out. We're going to give them the support and the help that they need so that ultimately they can be good at this. Whether or not they choose to even go to college or they choose a STEM career, it doesn't matter because they're in third grade, right? They're in second grade. We want to just make sure that they have all the building blocks that they need so that when they go to the next level, they're able to make an informed choice about what they want to do next. But when I think about this mom, this Asian mom, it makes me think about us as Black people and you know whatever background you might come from. Many of us don't have the luxury of having stereotypes that reinforce the idea that we're going to thrive academically. <laughs> our, our stereotypes, for the most part, say the opposite of that. It's easy to water a plant when you can see it's healthy and in full bloom, but it's hard to come back day after day and water the seed that's in the ground. All you see is a pile of dirt. And at a certain point, you start to wonder if it's even worth the time or if it will ever even grow. It can be like that as a parent. 
It's easy to say we've been doing extra studying for three months trying to catch up in math and my child is still struggling. Maybe we should just lean into social studies and call it a day. I believe leaning into your child's strengths and looking for that spark is important. But I also know that it's hard to know if you like something until you reach a certain level of competence. No one really likes being bad at something, right? No one likes to struggle. We don't know if our child might have all the potential in the world to become an engineer or an architect or a doctor until we give them the foundational knowledge and skills they need to be able to really explore those interests in a way that doesn't crush their spirit. I'm singling out math because it's the gatekeeper to so many lucrative and interesting career paths, especially in the science, technology, and engineering fields. We don't know what our children will ultimately want to do with their lives. So it's our job to keep the door open for them to develop a passion for architecture or to become a doctor or a rocket science. Third grade is not the time to start shutting doors like that. I promise you. So maybe your child has some unfinished learning or some gaps in learning that are holding them back, but it's too early to say that they're just not good or can't be good at math or they can't be good at writing. The reality is kids only spend about 25% of their awake hours in traditional school. The rest of their time consists of flexible hours before school, after school, on weekends, during the summer, and other holiday breaks. If you're like me, when you realize this, it's a little troubling, like, whoa, that's not a lot of their time. (laughs) Are they getting enough during this 25% of their awake hours? But if you know how to supplement your child's education effectively, this is actually really good news. Because during school, your child has to learn at the pace of the pack. But in your time out of school, you can provide targeted support for any unfinished learning that your child has and provide opportunities for enrichment and career exploration to keep them interested and encouraged to keep going to school because they are able to tag on like what the ultimate end game is for learning. You can also put them in team sports where they learn about grit and resiliency. You can take them to museums where they explore other cultures or dig deeper into the concepts that they're learning in school. The real magic can happen when the school day or the school year is done. The challenge is since there's no formal structure or guidance around out of school time, all of our kids are getting something different. Some kids may have everything that I've described. They may have a personalized tutor and access to all the programs and activities that they are interested in. Other kids may get nothing. Like they may just be at home watching TV, bored when they're not in school. Most of our kids are falling somewhere in between. And as I've started to figure this out, this has been really frustrating for me because kids are showing up to school ready to learn based on the experiences that they've had outside of school for the most part. I mean, there are those, the talented few that can show up, uh, no prep, no tutoring, no enrichment, and they'll and knock it out of the park. Those kids exist, but that's not most of our kids. And when I think about the outcomes specifically for Black kids and how we tend to struggle academically when you look at the statistics, it made me wonder if this has a lot to do with us just not understanding what needs to happen outside of school for our students to be successful. Because we see those gaps in performance even on high-performing campuses. So it's not just the school. There's something else going on. And when I bring this up, a lot of times people will kind of recoil or be like, oh no, don't blame the parents. And I'm not trying to blame the parents at all. I am a parent. (laughs) I'm a parent of a black boy. So 
I'm on your side, whatever background you're from. But what I've come to understand is that there are groups of people that know what their students need outside of school to be successful and they're giving it to them. And then their kids are coming to school ready to learn. And from the teacher's perspective, they can't see. It's kind of like when you think about an iceberg and you can see the tip of the iceberg above the water, but then there's all of this beneath the water that you can't see. And so all the teacher sees is that this student is keeping up with the curriculum, they're answering questions, they're engaged, they're interested, they're excited. They're not seeing everything else that this student has been kind of bolstered up with at home. And then they're comparing them to a student that maybe has had no enrichment. And so if you stripped away all of the extra stuff some of those kids got and you just looked at like core intelligence, the student that didn't get any help might actually be quote unquote smarter than the other student, but they're not able to show up in the same way because they haven't had the same preparation. That doesn't feel right to me. That feels unfair. But I don't know that there's a way for the school system to fix that. Maybe there is. I've heard some examples of schools that have done amazing things for students that come from the most impoverished backgrounds. So I could be wrong there. But I think if as parents we wait for that type of systemic solution, our kids are going to miss out. I'm not optimistic for that type of intervention at scale for our kids. And so as unfair as it might be, it's up to us as parents to figure out what our kids need to get them what they need so that they can compete when they get to school. If it's going to happen, we are going to be the ones that are going to have to do it. And that's just what I believe. If I'm wrong, I will be happy to be wrong. You know, there, there are all these things that we can do to support our kids outside of school. But one of the most important things that we can do is to help our kids finish their learning so that they can create a strong foundation and continue to build on it each year. Like when you think about addition, right? Addition is the building block for multiplication. Let's say in second grade, your kid is supposed to learn all of their addition and their subtraction. If they get to third grade, when it's time to learn multiplication, the teacher is going to start teaching them repeated addition. And so even harder addition than what they did the year before. And if your kid has a master addition and subtraction, they are going to struggle with multiplication. So as parents, if we see that our child is struggling with addition in second grade, that summer between second and third grade, we can lean into supporting them with that addition. And then when they get to third grade and it's time to start multiplication, they're ready. That's the power of the summer. We often hear about summer slide when kids go backwards in the summer because they're not learning. But summer can be your secret weapon. Summer could be the time where you catch your kid up and everything that they struggled with and you get them ready for the next year. I was on my soapbox talking about this at work one day and one of the men that was speaking to our group, he said, yeah, when I was raising my kids in the summer, I would give them the math curriculum for the next grade and that would be their job in the summer would be to work through that math curriculum for the next grade. And my kids were always good at math. His kids were always good at math because they previewed all of the math for their grade the summer before. And then when they went to school, they were reviewing, they were mastering, and they were able to keep up. It's not rocket science, but I think we have this expectation that our kids are going to show up for school and the teachers are going to teach them what they need to know for that year. 
and it's going to just flow. And it might. Okay, so I'm not like fear mongering here. It might like your kid may be able to keep up with the traditional classroom, but it's important for you to at least be aware that other parents are out here preparing their kids. Other parents are giving them access to the curriculum early. Other parents are watching for gaps and they're filling those gaps. Other parents are looking for tutors to make sure that their kids are on track. And so for us to naively think that we're all on this level playing field and we're all running this race together is just untrue. So for your child, as early as third grade, second grade, this could be the fork in the road for them that can ultimately determine if your child is on track for advanced learning that's going to get them ready for college or if they're flagged as not being quote unquote college material because of the way that they're performing in class. Every school district is different. But at my son's school district, it's going to be his fourth grade standardized test scores that determine which middle schools he has access to. And then beyond that, which curriculum he has access to in middle school. And then if he's able to get to algebra by eighth grade, I believe is where they want them to be. And then if they're not in algebra by eighth grade, they can't get to AP Calc or AP Statistics by senior year. And maybe they don't want to take AP Calc. Maybe they don't want to take AP Statistics. But there are some colleges, like technical colleges. I heard a speaker from Georgia Tech, and he was like, we don't accept students who haven't taken AP Calc. If a student applies here and they haven't taken AP Calc, they're not eligible to enroll. And so because of something that happens, a test that happens in fourth grade, (laughs) your kid may not be able to go to Georgia Tech. I mean, again... There are so many nuances. Things can shift at any point. If you have older kids, like it's not too late. You can figure out how to talk with the counselors and get them on track for where they need to be. But our kids are being tracked very early. And so it's important for us to be aware. It's easy to think like, oh, elementary school is just practice. Like we're just kind of getting our feet under us and then we're going to get serious in middle school. But it's serious now. It's serious in elementary school. We don't want to stress our kids out. We don't want to burn our kids out, but we do want to provide support. It's easy to fall into the trap of thinking when our kids are struggling in school is because they're not trying hard enough or they're not smart or they don't have the ability, but will and determination alone are not enough for our students. Our kids need actionable feedback on where they have gaps. They need tools, they need resources, they need support to fill those gaps. I want to help you help your kid figure out how to get better, how to practice, how to be consistent. Knowing you have a bad grade on something doesn't tell you what you need to do to get a better grade in the future. In many cases, we are the ones who will have to help our kids figure out how to improve. There was one time when we were going through Sean's math worksheets and I was walking through it with him and I could see all the steps he got right. It was a pretty complicated word problem and there were like six steps. And he just messed up one step. He got the math right, and then he had to move the answer over to a different part of the problem, and he wrote the answer wrong. The challenge was more with his handwriting and just not being neat than it was with his ability to do that math. So because I taken that time to look at what he did, I was able to walk through the problem and put a star next to every part of that problem that he got right and explain his mistake. And it was so much more affirming for him than just getting that X for wrong. When I really looked, I could tell he had worked really, really hard. 
All of the steps he got right were proof of how much he'd grown. Because the year before, if he had a problem like that, it would have just been blank because he would have been like, listen, I don't know how to do this. I'm checking out. But now he's trying. Now he's getting steps right. And his teacher doesn't have the time to affirm him for that. She has a lot of grading to do. There are a lot of kids. But since I am his mother, I have the time. I make the time to sit down with him and to show him how he's growing to affirm him, to lift him up, to help him understand where his mistake was so hopefully he can do better next time. If we want our kids to grow in their confidence and their ability, we have to stand in this gap for them. Looking back, I believe I and most kids in my generation grew up surrounded by fixed mindsets on learning. Some kids were smart and some kids were not. And that was pretty much the end of it. I didn't know anyone who had parents paying for tutoring programs for them. It wasn't a thing in my circle of cousins and friends. There were no summer programs at the local science museum or the Arboretum. The kids that did well in school from backgrounds like mine were, for the most part, just good at school. We were the smart ones. Now I know that doesn't have to be the way things work. Even if your kid struggles, they can do well. Struggles can be overcome with time, patience, practice, and consistency. So I hope this has been helpful and maybe inspiring for you as you think about your kids and their potential. No matter where they are right now, no matter what they're struggling with, I believe that your kids can be excellent. Our job as parents is to figure out what they're good at and to give them opportunities to really discover their true potential. We want them to keep all of their options open and to spend as much time as they need exploring to figure out what they ultimately want to do. All right. Until next time, friends, I hope you have a great week.